Welcome to The Pragmatic Pagan, Season 2. This podcast explores an inclusive pagan path via science-based witchcraft, no deities included. With a focus on nature and energy, this spiritual practice is centered on lunar tides and seasonal cycles. Here in Season 2, we take things up a notch and dig deeper into the skills needed to connect with the energy around you. You can join me on Patreon for ways to stay connected and in tune to the universe. And we can stay connected when you follow me on Patreon or social media. Links in the bio. Merry meet all. moment I would like to acknowledge that I, like most of us, stand upon stolen land, land that belongs to the original stewards and natives of this space. Please pause to acknowledge, with gratitude, the sacrificed by and the cost to the people of these First Nations, past, present, and future. These words are in honor of their role as the first spiritual caretakers of the land, And in my pagan path, my hope is to continue their dedication to the survival and renewal of our planet and its creatures. It is a promise to plant seeds of healing in the wake of the destruction my ancestors have caused. As above, so below, so mote it be. The Pragmatic Pagan participates in Real Rent Duwamish as a way to support local native tribes. I encourage you to look into similar rent programs in your area and participate if you are financially able. Humans have always looked for ways to interpret the world around us. We do this by grouping and categorizing, a process that dates back to the beginnings of human instincts. And with this process also grew a deepening need to connect with and understand the universe. Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and other philosophers began to explain our complex world in similar terms by distilling all that is into what became known as the classical elements. These elements are found throughout both Eastern and Western teachings, and while Socrates and Aristotle may have given rise to these theories in the West, through Greek philosophy and later Western alchemy, I want to note that these elements also appear across the world, throughout so many cultures. From Western alchemy to Tibetan shamanism and the Buddhist path, native and pagan cultures use the elements to define the basis for all that is. In fact, I find it a bit amazing how so many cultures were deriving and coming to similar conclusions. In Western philosophy, the elements were brought into modern magic and the occult via the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which was founded in 1888 by a small group of Freemasons. Now, there's a lot of history to unpack with the Golden Dawn and the Rosicrucians, but we're going to take a big generalization here and mark these two groups as some of the leading forces in modern mysticism. Aleister Crowley was an initiate of the Order of Golden Dawn and went on to later develop Thelema in the early 1900s, which is often noted as the rise of modern paganism, also called neo-paganism and contemporary paganism. Essentially, what this podcast is all about. The general definition of modern paganism is a collection of religious movements based out of pre-Christian folklore and ethnography. To be clear, this term is up for big debate, 
both scholars outside and practitioners participating in this movement don't know how to define it, largely because the pagan faith can be said to be divided into a variety of denominations, such as Wicca, Druidic, Eclectic, etc. Confused yet? That's okay. It's a bit of a mess. For now, the point is, the use of simple elements to categorize and connect us with our world has deep roots as the building block of a mystical practice. It's all elemental. The elements, the building blocks of our world. On a scientific level, we can break these building blocks down into the periodic table of elements. On a spiritual level, they provide a connection between all things a way for us to experience the world beyond the mundane, a challenge to look deeper, to break it down and honor creation in its most simplistic forms. Aristotle believed the elements comprised the sublunary sphere, the space between us and the moon. Other practices tie the elements into humors for the body, such as blood, bile, and phlegm, but also seasons, body parts, stages of life, and qualities. The Order of the Golden Dawn tied the elements into their occult practice by assigning guardians of the watchtowers, first seen in the Enochian system of magic from the 16th century. Here, the elements are tied into cardinal directions, attributed a color and a mystical tool, as well as associating it with a small group of spiritual beings. In witchcraft, our first experience with, and in many cases the most common use of elements on a spiritual plane, is the casting of a circle and calling the elements to join you in your spell work. This practice is highly derived from the Golden Dawn practices that invite guardians of the watch hours to have presence in their occult workings. We see this also present in the more modern-day Wiccan traditions that give rise under Gerald Gardner and Doreen Valenti in the mid-1950s. The idea of elements not only as protectors, but also resources and companions, a relationship built through a gradual and timely courting, is often seen as the foundational skills needed to build your practice. But everyone practices differently, and that is what makes paganism so unique. There are some who exclude the elements from their practice or really only work with them on a surface level, such as invoking them during circle casting. But I hope you will hear me out on why I think developing relationships with the elements and their correspondences is an integral key to your spell work and spiritual journey. These connections that we develop through the elements create relationships with different types of energy, all of which is in a constant state of recycling. As we know, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It simply shifts state and form which means every piece of energy is both a moment of potential and a memory of once what was. It is what it was, and it is whatever it will be, all at once, a form that in essence lives outside of time. Learning to tune in and move with this energy will provide a deeper connection to the universal tides that run through our planet and every living creature. Think of the potential if we could energetically reach out, tune in, and make things happen. That potential is there, just waiting for us to pay attention, learn those skills, and stretch those muscles. As you work through the next grouping of episodes, I hope you will discover a deeper connection to the elements and an understanding of how we can use that connection to develop your ability to work with the energy around you.
moment to consider, how do you think of the elements now? Take a moment to journal how you think of and interpret each element through the lens of your five senses. When you think of earth through the filter of sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell, what generates there? Do this with each element, earth, air, fire, and water. No matter how you journal, whether you're writing words or drawing pictures, generate what these elements mean to you right now, in this time. And I know these journal moments will be easy to put off, but consider making time to do them in the moment. Pause the podcast and rejoin me when you're ready. Earth, air, fire, water, and spirit the spark of life, the controlling spiritual elements of the universe. From a scientific standpoint, we know that the periodic table of elements is ever-growing as we learn more and more about the cosmos and the stardust around us. Science tells us that we too are made of the same types of elements found drifting in space, colliding and amassing, creating stars, planets, asteroids. Yet here we are with the spark, the gift of sentient life. Witches often try to categorize themselves as a particular type of witch. In fact, episode 51 digs into a variety of different ways that you can practice your craft. And I encourage you to explore them all. Mix and match in ways that are unique to you. However, perhaps more importantly is finding how you connect to the energy around you. These elemental connections that let us easily see the give and take between energy tend to find us as much as we find them. Whether you work more closely with air or pull your power from seed and ground, or maybe the burning of a flame pulls at you, or water provides an ever-rejuvenating energy spring, and maybe all of the above. That truly is the goal, to learn to connect, manifest, and work with all of the elemental types. Yet, often, it is easiest to begin with just one. And so we shall begin with air. You know what else is elemental? The right to vote. This week's call to action is to help others in your community register and make a plan to vote. Help share factual information about how mail-in voting works and all of the alternatives. This week, reach out to at least three people to make sure they too are ready to vote and have their plan in place, and then encourage them to reach out to three more people. Another way you can help, if you are in a community where in-person polling will have a large turnout, consider if you feel safe enough to volunteer as a poll worker. Most poll workers fall into the high-risk category for COVID, so those that are healthy enough to mask up, social distance, and help at the polls will be integral to democracy this election. Let's make Pagans one of the biggest voter turnouts in 2020. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Pragmatic Pagan. Find this podcast helpful? Then please consider sharing this resource with others. As always, please reach out with any questions or stories you are willing to share and stay connected by joining me on Patreon or on social media. Links are in the bio. Oh, and don't forget, by following me for free on Patreon, you get access to podcast transcripts and other great free content. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Mary meet, Mary part, 
until we merry meet again. Thank you.